You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. Good afternoon, everyone. And uh, I guess I need to start off today by talking about our lack of foreign policy, our lack of national security, uh, our president's inability, seemingly, to accept reality, and to talk about the threats that are out there. Uh, We just had a uh, Jordanian pilot. They released a film uh, showing this man being burned alive in a cage, a 22-minute film, professionally done, by the way, apparently a horrific film done over time. Uh, there's, it's been verified that this was the pilot. The Jordanians have said that's, that's the man. This follows the beheading of two Japanese citizens and the beheading of an American beheading of two British citizens, and we know that they, ISIS has Americans out there still in their hands. And my concern is not just for them, but also for copycat killers right here in the United States who may very well decide that burning people alive is, is a good idea and it honors the Prophet Muhammad, or whatever they, they want to call it, and... Uh, defends the Prophet Muhammad, honors him, protects him, whatever. They use any excuse just to kill people. So we're looking at a situation where I'm very, very concerned. ISIS is apparently willing to do anything to get publicity for itself, to recruit new people, and the more brutal the killing, the more crazies out there, uh, subscribers to radical Islam, and the more jihadists they're going to recruit. Of course, the President of the United States doesn't see that. He doesn't see them as jihadist or uh, radical or Islamist. He doesn't see them as Islamist at all. He says, that, you know, they're they're not Muslims. They're just, uh, uh, you know, people with a misguided ideology. You won't call them terrorists. He and his press secretary, both today, refused to use the word terrorism in talking about the killing of this unarmed Jordanian pilot. Refuse to use the word terrorism. What else is it? It is not terrorism. The president wants to call this violent extremism, and he wants to lump it together with other possible violent extremists, particularly those in the United States. He wants to lump ISIS together with the Ku Klux Klan, which for the most part is a non-entity, thank goodness, but the president wants us to be looking over our shoulders, not at radical Islam or not at Muslims in particular, but looking over our shoulders at everybody else. Now, when an attack comes in this country, and it will come, and it may be a lone wolf attack, it may be a series of lone wolf attacks, or it may be something much more horrific, either way, they're going to happen. And what's the president going to do then? Probably nothing more than he's done now. I mean, we are not effectively fighting ISIS. We are letting ISIS gain ground. We've had one minor victory, and it was by the Kurds, not us, but we're letting ISIS gain ground. We're using air power against them, but we're not using it effectively. The president is calling the shots on this. He's, uh, you know, we have a man who is not a military veteran, doesn't know anything about military strategy or tactics, 
doesn't really care about the military or about our veterans in this country. In fact, actually despises them. Yet he is calling the shots as to what we can bomb and what we can't bomb in Iraq and Syria. My understanding is that we're only flying about 24 sorties a day. And we ought to be flying 10 times that many per day to be really effective. And even with that, we're still going to need boots on the ground at some point. But the president is having us bomb at night a lot and to bomb empty pickup trucks and empty buildings in the vicinity of where ISIS troops are. We're not effectively killing the ISIS troops, not in the numbers we should be. Yeah, we're getting some of them, and the Kurds are getting them, and the Jordanians are getting them, and some of the other countries that are involved in this are are killing ISIS troops, but they are still recruiting very rapidly. And we have other countries who have already done something that the president refuses to do, and that is to cancel the passports of people who have gone from this country to Syria or to Iraq or to Yemen to join up with terrorist groups, to support these terrorist groups, whether they're Al-Qaeda, whether they're ISIS, or whether they're one of the offshoots. Now, ISIS is branching out all over the Middle East. Well, they've got offshoots in in uh, Egypt, in Libya, in Yemen. So ISIS is, is broadening its base, and we have American citizens going over there to fight with ISIS who can then come back in this country after they've been trained and carry out acts of terrorism in this country. And the British have already canceled the passports of all British citizens are doing this. The French have done the same thing, but not Obama. Obama didn't want to hurt anybody's feelings. He didn't want to say anything bad about uh, the Muslims, even about the radical jihadists among the Muslims. So we're not taking effective action to protect ourselves. We're not taking effective action uh, to protect ourselves on our borders. I mean, we have wide open borders, both in the north and the south. Actually, we have a little better security on the north than we do with Canada than we do in the south of Mexico. Down in Mexico, we've got nothing. This morning on Fox News, I was watching some testimony of a sheriff from Arizona who was talking about his situation with his officers in a border county. He says that his officers are not allowed to make arrest of anybody suspecting of being an illegal immigrant. Because if they arrest them, they're then required to turn them over to ICE or the Border Patrol, which in turn immediately lets them go. Refuses to put them in detention, refuses to put them in jail. And he said the worst thing they've got going on right now is the fact that not only is there no protection on the southern border, but in the last two years, Obama has had released almost 36,000 illegals who are in prison. People for rape, for murder, for child molestation, and for lesser crimes have been released. At least 36,000 of them have been put back on our streets. The sheriff says that despite repeated requests, the federal government refuses to tell him who these people are or where they were released to. He doesn't know if they're in cities in his county. He doesn't know if they're in his county. He doesn't know their names. He doesn't know what crimes they committed. He just knows they're out there. 
Now, what has been tracked by some of the, the sheriffs and, and people around the country who have a, an idea of who's been released and where they are, what has been tracked is that in the past two years, 1,000 of these people have committed new crimes, some of them violent. Are they getting picked up, put back in the jail? We hope so. Are they going to be deported after they serve their sentences? Well, obviously not. They're not being deported now. Supposedly on the top of the list for deportation are the violent criminals. Yet we've got gang members coming in across our southern border. Now, the President of the United States took an oath of office to preserve, protect, and defend the Constitution of the United States. That also means to protect and defend the people of the United States. He is not doing it. He's violating that oath of office on a daily basis. He's leaving us wide open to attack. He's putting us in a, a situation where we are vulnerable, and he's going to cost American lives. The American people, for the most part, see this. But we got a lot of them out there that have no clue as to what's going on. They don't even know what ISIS is. We got the so-called millennials who now all of a sudden are looking at Obama with favorable eyes again after getting dispirited over what his actions were for a short period of time. Obama's approval rating is up to 50%, which was down to around 34 at one point prior to the election back in this past November. But I don't care about that approval rate as much as I care about the fact that he's violating his oath of office on a daily basis. Let's look at the situation with the release of these criminals. Because it's not just the release of the criminals that's happening in this country. And some of these criminals are probably Muslims. They're probably from countries like Yemen or countries like Iraq or Iran. But also, in the six years since Obama's been in office, he has fast-tracked six million Muslims to resettle in this country. No background checks being done on these people. No vetting being done. We don't know how many of them might have ties to terrorism. We don't know how many of them are criminals in their own country. They were on the U.N. list of people to be resettled. Obama decided we would take six million of them. Six million Muslims. Let me be specific about that. Six million Muslims. We have also out there thousands of Christians from the Middle East who are right now being persecuted, being killed, children are being beheaded because they're Christians or their parents are Christians. They're being slaughtered. Their churches are being burned down. Many of them would love to relocate to the United States where they would be protected. Obama doesn't want any of them. They're not on the fast track. Now, when Obama took office, we had approximately 1.3 million Muslims in this country. Now we have approximately 8 million. They are taking over entire American towns and cities. They are setting up their enclaves. 
They have recently declared a Sharia law court tribunal in Texas where they're claiming they would have jurisdiction not only over civil matters involving Muslims and each other and non-Muslims. By the way, if you're a non-Muslim and you go to Sharia court um, in a dispute with a Muslim, it is automatically assumed that because you're an infidel, you're lying, and therefore the Muslim wins all the time, every time. The Muslim will win. They want to handle the divorces themselves, which basically means that in Texas, a Muslim woman cannot divorce her husband for any reason whatsoever. Doesn't matter if she's being beaten, if she's being abused. She can't divorce her husband unless she goes to the imam at the local mosque, and he represents her and tells her it's okay to divorce her husband. On the other hand, the husband can divorce the wife under Sharia law in this tribunal for any reason whatsoever. Let's take our first break now. Who is or what is USJF? It is a nonprofit legal organization founded to protect our rights through the U.S. Constitution. Active in educating the public, USJF has also contributed directly and indirectly to legal defense efforts in many celebrated cases involving fundamental conservative principles. Cases of note include the Mount Soledad Cross case, the Arizona Immigration Law case, the Obama eligibility cases, the NDAA illegal detention issue, and many more. Help this nonprofit as they help you. Visit www.usjf.net today. Don't be hoodwinked by the left who wants you to believe the fairy tale that we can power America on butterflies, rainbows, and pixie dust. I'm Marita Noon. Get the truth about energy on my show, America's Voice for Energy, only on America's Web Radio. The United States Justice Foundation, since 1979, has been dedicated to instructing, informing, and educating the public on legal issues confronting America. That means you and me. When necessary, this nonprofit organization has had to litigate to present the constitutional view. Since 1980, USJF has submitted testimony to the U.S. Senate on all but one U.S. Supreme Court nominee. Learn more about USJF by visiting their website at www.usjf.net. Support this nonprofit as it defends our rights, our liberty, and our Constitution. You're listening to America's Webradio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. So, we have the new Muslim citizens. And by the way, these people are being put on a fast track for U.S. citizenship. They're not having to wait as long as other immigrants coming in. These six million Muslims are going to be on a fast track for citizenship. Many of them are on welfare. They are taxing the ability of many states and local communities uh, to pay benefits for them. They're getting free health care. They're getting free housing. They're getting free education. They're getting food. Uh, they're getting just about anything they want. And you add those into the millions more that have come across our southern border from countries like Mexico and Panama and Nicaragua, El Salvador. Oh. The infrastructure here is falling apart. Now, what's Obama doing about this? Well, what Obama's doing about this is nothing. He's encouraging it. He's not just letting it happen. He's encouraging it. And we have the situation where 5 million 
of these people who have, are here illegally, who have broken our laws by being in this country, are now being given amnesty by an Obama executive order, which, by the way, is totally unconstitutional. Because let me point out that the Constitution of the United States, in Article 1, Section 8, gives the Congress sole power over naturalization in this country. And naturalization includes setting the boundaries for immigration, saying who can come in and what, how they can come in and what background has to be looked at. That's in the sole discretion of Congress. Congress has, in fact, done that in the past. We have the laws on the books. And as the sheriffs testified this morning, they're not allowed, local sheriffs and the Border Patrol are not allowed to enforce the existing laws. Why? Because Obama's told them not to. Then Obama turns around and changes the law entirely and basically says he can ignore the law with an executive order and refuse to enforce it. Well, Article 2, Section 3 of the Constitution says the President of the United States must take care to see that the laws passed by Congress are enforced. Obama's decided that doesn't apply to him. He doesn't have to enforce them. He's just going to let them go. He's going to let the illegals go. He's going to put them on a fast track to citizenship. So we got the 6 million Muslims here. we got 5 million illegals here. That's 11 million people plus the family members that the uh, illegals already here are going to be allowed to bring in. So we're looking at 20, probably 20 million people that are going to be here and are going to be allowed to join the United States Army. Will they have to take the oath that I took to protect and defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic? I don't know. But even if they take it, is it going to mean anything to them? Probably not. Where is their loyalty going to lie? Not with the Constitution of the United States, not with the, even with the military. Their loyalty is going to lie with the man who gave them amnesty and allowed them into this country. That's going to be Barack Hussein Obama. And that's what he wants. He wants a military that is totally in his pocket. He wants a military that is loyal to him and not to the Constitution. That's one of the things Adolf Hitler did. He got rid of high-ranking officers. He started putting his people in, in positions of authority in the military, uh, promoting people who were loyal totally to him, and ultimately he controlled the military until they finally realized that, uh, how crazy he was, and uh, some of them tried to kill him. But for the most part, part they loyally fought, fanatically fought to the very end for Adolf Hitler. That's what Obama wants. That's the type of military he wants. Now, right now, we have a situation in Congress where the House of Representatives has passed a funding bill to fund the Department of Homeland Security to make sure that we can be protected, although they're not doing it, so, you know, giving them a whole lot of money to me appears to be meaningless, except for those branches that are going out and trying to uh, to root out the uh, the terrorists in this country to find out who they are and what they're planning and stop them. But as far as keeping terrorists from coming across our southern border, we're not doing that. 
We're not keeping them from crossing our northern border. We're not keeping them from flying into this country if they hold American passports or even British passports. You see, that's something in, in, in French passports. If you hold a French passport or a British passport, you don't have to have a visa to come into this country. That means the foreign fighters who have been from France and Great Britain have been in Syria or Iraq fighting for ISIS or fighting for Al-Qaeda somewhere. If they decide not to fly back into their own country and they still have their passport and they fall through the cracks, the passport had not been canceled, they can fly directly in the United States. And we won't know who they are. They can come in at any time. So we've got that potential out there. But the bill to fund the Department of Homeland Security has passed House of Representatives, but it does not allow funding for Obama's illegal executive order granting amnesty. Now, that's what Congress was entitled to do. They control the purse strings. It overwhelmingly passed the House of Representatives, but the Democrats in the Senate are determined to block it. Now, they're claiming, well, the Republicans are using this as a political football. They're defunding the Homeland Security, putting us in danger because they want to get rid of the amnesty. Now, let's reverse that, ladies and gentlemen. What's happening is that your Democrats in Congress, in the Senate, and the President of the United States are saying that they are more interested in protecting illegal aliens in this country more interested in the amnesty for the 5 million people Obama has granted amnesty to. And make no mistake, it's amnesty. They can call it whatever they want. They can put up whatever terms they want. But it's amnesty. Democrats are more concerned with protecting those 5 million people than they are the over 300 million people in this country, the citizens. Talking about the American citizens who have been here all their lives or came in legally and became citizens through the naturalization process. We're of no concern to these liberals. We're of no concern to Obama. They are more concerned million illegals. Ladies and gentlemen, contact your members of Congress, particularly from your, your senators and tell them you're outraged over this, that you will hold them accountable if we do not get the funding for Homeland Security because they want amnesty for illegals. And think about it. We are being put at risk. We are being put at risk so Obama's illegal action and unconstitutional action can remain in effect. not something that we want to see happen in this country but it is happening because of that 60 vote rule which by the way remember Harry Reid decided to ignore get Obama's appointees through he used the so called nuclear option uh, to get the appointments through well I think the Republicans ought to reply in kind and do the same thing across the board that way, it would not take 60 votes to bring something to vote in the Senate, and Republicans could pass the legislation passed by the House. Otherwise, we're sitting here looking at a deadlock again, even though we now have a Congress in control, 
We're looking at deadlock. Now, of course, Obama's vowed to veto anything that the Congress does. Uh, if it defunds on Homeland Security, if it defunds his amnesty program, but force him to do it. Force him to be the one to defund Homeland Security. He's basically emasculated the agencies and the Department of Homeland Security uh, virtually completely. But let him now go forward and be forced into a position where he has to be the bad guy. As we already know he is, but now everybody would know that he's a bad guy. Back him into a corner. Use the nuclear option if necessary. McConnell needs to go ahead and say, okay, it was good for the Democrats, it's good for the Republicans. It now only takes 51 votes to pass, bring something to vote in the United States Senate and to pass it. They can always reinstate the rule later. Because the Democrats got by with it, and of course Harry Reid wouldn't even allow most of the bills passed by the House of Representatives, unless they Obama liked them, Harry Reid wouldn't even allow them to be considered. They couldn't even talk about them. They couldn't bring them to the floor of the Senate for a vote. This has been going on for six years. Now we have the Republicans in control, of, and you know most American people don't understand this 60-vote rule. They're, and I frankly, I understand what it means and, and initially why they did it. But I think it's got to stop. Because right now, we have a Senate that can join with the House and do something. And yeah, Obama is going to veto everything they do. And I doubt that they're going to have the two-thirds votes to override his veto. For example, he's going to veto the Keystone Pipeline. There they might be able to muster the votes in the House and Senate to override it. But the fact of the matter is, is start sending this stuff to his desk. Keep him from spending all of his time issuing executive orders and trying to disarm the American people. And let's throw some stuff at him. By the way, next week on my show, my um, guest is going to be Larry Pratt, the head of Gun Owners of America. Gun Owners of America is an organization that's been around for many, many years. Uh, Larry Pratt and I are very old friends, and uh, we've done some work in Central America together over the years. Uh, we've uh, done a lot of work on uh, briefs going to the Supreme Court, United States Justice Foundation, Gunnels of America. You'll see my name and Larry Pratt's name or on those briefs uh, to go to the Supreme Court. So he'll be on next week. So tune in. Now let's take our second break. The United States Justice Foundation, since 1979, has been dedicated to instructing, informing, and educating the public on legal issues confronting America. That means you and me. When necessary, this nonprofit organization has had to litigate to present the constitutional view. Since 1980, USJF has submitted testimony to the U.S. Senate on all but one U.S. Supreme Court nominee. Learn more about USJF by visiting their website at www.usjf.net. Support this nonprofit as it defends our rights, our liberty, and our Constitution. With all the back and forth in today's politics, 
It seems as though the Constitution gets lost in the mix. If you want to brush up on your Constitution, then join Michael Conley every Wednesday from 4 to 5 p.m. for the show Our Constitution on AmericasWebRadio.com. Watchdog is a term given an organization like the United States Justice Foundation, which since 1979 has been watching out and, when necessary, taking the appropriate action from testifying to litigating to protect our constitutional rights. USJF, a nonprofit organization, is nationally recognized not only as a watchdog, but many in the government, as well as those involved in legal cases, have also called the USJF a bulldog for the tenacious approach in their presentation and proof of what is right. Find out more at www.usjf.net. Support USJF as they support you. You're listening to America's Webradio.com the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. So we're talking about the danger on our southern border and the danger that's going to continue because Obama refuses to accept that there is any danger. How do you like all of a sudden the Democrats coming out, particularly out of the White House and John Ernst, the press secretary, and say, oh, we can... Our policy to negotiate with terrorists, or not to negotiate with terrorists, is still in effect. Well, they, he gets asked about the Bergdahl deal, where a army deserter, and by the way, remember last week when, they, when it was announced that he was going to be um, charged with desertion? Uh, Private Bergdahl was going to be charged with desertion, and all of a sudden the Pentagon backpedaled and said, no, he's not, we haven't made up our mind yet. That came from the White House. Because the fact of the matter is that the White House traded five top Taliban leaders for an army deserter. And they're saying, well, that didn't violate the rule. We didn't negotiate with terrorists. Because the Taliban, they're not terrorists. They're just an armed insurgency. So now the Taliban, which sets off bombs in schools, blows up children, beheads people, is not quite as bad as ISIS, but they're working on it, has killed countless American soldiers. The Taliban is not a terrorist organization, according to our president and his minions. It is an armed insurgency. This is where we stand with this guy. Now, this morning, also in, in Congress, the head of the DEA was there, uh, DIA, excuse me, Defense Intelligence Agency, uh, which was what I was assigned to at one point. And at one point, I knew the former director of it very well. He used to provide me with some very interesting insights as to what was going on back in the, the days of Clinton administration. But the head of DIA was saying that they think that at least one, possibly more, of the members of the Taliban, these were high-ranking members, these just weren't soldiers, these were leaders of the Taliban, the Afghan Taliban, that they think at least one of them, out of power, is going back into the fight with the Taliban, maybe back in Afghanistan already. And we have no control over the other four. 
they basically can apparently leave Qatar at any time because the government there, while promising that they would keep tabs on them, didn't say they wouldn't let them go. They're going to be back in the fight. And we're going to have a situation where terrorist organization is going to have five of its key leaders back in Afghanistan, back into the fight, or perhaps they'll go ISIS. We don't know what these guys We do know they were in Gitmo for a reason. They were in Gitmo because they were terrorists, because they had committed acts of terrorism against the Americans, against the coalition forces in Afghanistan, against their own people over there. These were not good guys. These were not nice people. So, but to protect this illusion that Obama keeps projecting on the American people, that, oh, we won the war. We won the war against terrorism. War against terrorism is over. And I pulled us out of Iraq. The war there is over. And I'm pulling us out of Afghanistan. And the war there is going to be over. Well, we pulled out of Iraq, and we left a vacuum. And the vacuum is being filled by terrorists, by ISIS. We pulled out of Afghanistan, and the vacuum is going to be filled by Taliban. I'll probably out again. Just remember, does anybody remember why we went into Afghanistan in the first place? I mean, this was not long after 9-11. And it was determined that many of the terrorists involved in 9-11 and many other terrorists involved with al-Qaeda were being trained at camps set up in Afghanistan. The Taliban had made it a safe haven for al-Qaeda to train its people. We went in to topple the Taliban so that the safe haven would end. And we've been fighting the Taliban in there ever since. And they are a bunch of terrorists. As simple as that. But Obama doesn't want us to know that. Obama wants us to live in this never-never land that he projects. Remember when he was running for re-election in 2012? They hid Benghazi. They hid what happened in Benghazi. They wouldn't admit for weeks that it was a terrorist attack. They claim it was a spontaneous reaction to a nondescript film on YouTube. That was a lie. We know it was a lie. But in order to perpetuate that lie, four Americans had to die. At least a couple of them, probably needlessly. Because there was help available to send in to protect these, these men. And they were told to stand down. They were told not to go in. Because if they had gone in, then it would have been acknowledged that this was not just a riot. It would have been acknowledged that this was an armed terrorist attack. And Obama lied about that. Hillary Clinton lied about that. Now she wants to be our president so she can keep lying to us. I personally am getting fed up with the lies. But here's some other lies that are being told to us that are putting Americans in danger. <clears throat> Let's talk briefly about the Ukraine. The Ukraine has been an ally of the United States. We have this madman Putin... I say madman, he's mad like a fox. He's destroying the Russian economy, but he is determined to take the Ukraine. He's determined to reestablish the old Soviet Union. And if he's successful in taking the Ukraine, he will be going after 
other countries that are now sovereign states because they broke off from Russia after the Soviet Union fell, after communism fell. He's already seized Crimea and was emboldened by the fact that the President of the United States basically let him do it, that there was no response by the President, effective response. He's launching attacks. He's, he's lying to Russian people about this. They don't realize what he's doing either. They're too concerned with the fact that their economy is tanking. But he's lying to the Russian people, and he's lying to the rest of the world, and we know he's lying. We know there are Russian troops in the Ukraine, eastern Ukraine. We know they're supporting separatists, so-called Russian separatists there, many of who are just criminals and thugs. And many of them have been sent in there to pretend to be Ukrainian citizens who are fighting for separation of eastern Ukraine and eventually all of Ukraine and joining the back with the Russians. They're using sophisticated weapons. They're using heavy equipment sent to them by the Russians. They're being trained by the Russians, and we know Russian soldiers, special ops people particularly, are actually fighting in there. We know that they shot down an unarmed plane and killed hundreds of people. These are not good people. The people of the Ukraine need our help. And Obama has responded by putting ineffective sanctions on Russia. Well, I say on Russia, actually what he's done, okay, is not do anything directly to Russia or to Putin, but to seize the bank accounts of certain Russian leaders or businessmen. But here's the way that worked. The president telegraphed days in advance who was going to have their accounts seized, giving them plenty of time to move their accounts elsewhere, or at least move their money elsewhere. So, you know, they, they claim that these have been effective and that part of the reason the Russian economy is collapsing. Maybe some of what's been done is effective. Maybe cutting off some of their oil supply or not buying oil from them has been effective. But for the most part, this is window dressing. This is Obama at his best, or I would say his worst, lying about what he's doing. Now, he's also repeatedly said that if necessary, we would provide weapons and training to the Ukrainian military. So the Ukrainian military is a very small operation. I mean, they, they weren't expecting to be invaded by the Russians. So they were expecting to have to go to war, but now they are at war. But we have not done that. The president keeps saying we're going to do it. The situation keeps getting worse in, the, in Ukraine. Innocent people are dying. 30 people died just last week in, in shelling of a Ukrainian town. Shelling by the Russians, by the way. Yet Obama's doing nothing. This is telegraphing to the Russians how weak he is and how weak we are as a result. So they're playing games with us right now, very dangerous games. We have jet fighters intercepting Russian bombers, armed with nuclear weapons, flying into Alaskan airspace, violating our airspace. They're flying over the Gulf of Mexico and around the Gulf of Mexico. They're flying in the Mediterranean. This is an effort to intimidate the United States. And you're not doing anything. 
to help the Ukrainians or to stop the, the craziness of the Russians. Is it working? Obviously. Obama keeps giving lip service to doing something to help the Ukrainian people, but he's not doing it. He's not doing anything to help the Ukrainian people. There is a regime out there that he is actively helping, though, and that's the Iranians. <laughs> Excuse me. The Iranians are possibly months, not years, but months away from developing a nuclear bomb. Once they develop one, they'll be able to develop many more. They just launched a missile into space the other day with a satellite on it, supposedly. We don't know what the satellite's going to do, but I suspect the satellite is just a ruse. Yeah, they may have a satellite up there, but what they want to do is test long-range missiles. They will soon have a missile that is capable of going 1,200 miles. That means a missile like that in the western part of Iran could hit any part of Israel. Once they have a nuclear weapon, they can put it in that missile and they can fire it. They've repeatedly said, we want to destroy Israel. We want to rip it off of the map and see that Israel ceases to exist. We want to kill all the Jews. They've also said they want to destroy the devil, and that's us, the United States of America. We are not doing anything to keep them from developing this nuclear weapon. Obama is allowing them to do it. He has lifted sanctions that were hurting the Iranian economy. They are now a growing economy again. He's lifted these sanctions. We have these so-called talks going on. The Iranians won't make a deal that they would need to make. So we kick, Obama keeps kicking the can down the road, he and John Kerry, and saying, oh, well, we'll, we'll make the deal later. But in the meantime, well, they promised us that they won't develop a nuclear weapon. But they go ahead and enrich uranium, which they have to do to get a nuclear weapon. Let's take our final break now. The United States Justice Foundation, since 1979, has been dedicated to instructing, informing, and educating the public on legal issues confronting America. That means you and me. When necessary, this nonprofit organization has had to litigate to present the constitutional view. Since 1980, USJF has submitted testimony to the U.S. Senate on all but one U.S. Supreme Court nominee. Learn more about USJF by visiting their website at www.usjf.net. Support this nonprofit as it defends our rights, our liberty, and our Constitution. Did you miss the show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on AmericasWebRadio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on AmericasWebRadio.com anytime you like. Watchdog is a term given an organization like the United States Justice Foundation, which since 1979 has been watching out and, when necessary, taking the appropriate action from testifying to litigating to protect our constitutional rights. USJF, a nonprofit organization, is nationally recognized not only as a watchdog, but many in the government, as well as those involved in legal cases, have also called the USJF a bulldog. 
for the tenacious approach in their presentation and proof of what is right. Find out more at www.usjf.net. Support USJF as they support you. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. So the Iranians are being allowed to enrich uranium. And by the way, David just reminded me during the break that the the 1,200-mile missile could reach many other parts of the Middle East and Europe, and possibly even the United States, our East Coast. So, you know, they've got the ability to develop these nuclear weapons. They're in the process of developing these nuclear weapons. They will use these nuclear weapons. In the meantime, Obama is attacking not the Iranians, not the people out there who are talking about killing Americans and talking about killing all Jews. He's attacking Israel, our ally. He's furious over the fact that Netanyahu, the Prime Minister of Israel, has been invited to address the United States Congress by John Boehner, the Speaker of the House. He doesn't want the man here. Congress is considering putting more sanctions on Iran, tougher sanctions, sanctions that would keep them from enriching uranium, would keep them from developing a nuclear weapon. Because, see, they're claiming they're doing it for peaceful purposes, and that's why Obama was letting them continue enriching uranium. Like, we can trust the Iranians. But Congress wants to put more sanctions on on them, and that includes many Democrats in both the House and the Senate. Netanyahu doesn't want that to happen, obviously, because they will eventually be forced in a position in Israel. And of course, he's up for re-election and may not get re-elected, but whoever's in the head of Israel would be forced into a position of having launched a preemptive strike against the Iranians to try to knock out their nuclear capability before it can be used against them. Now, the Israelis would like to have the United States support such a strike if necessary, but they would prefer not to have to make it. They would prefer not to have to go after Iran, because that will cause a war in the Middle East. And that is what Obama is setting up. He is basically setting up a war in the Middle East that will take out Israel, and ultimately might involve the United States and many other countries. We do not have an effective leader in the White House, at least not effective for the United States. He's effective for the Muslim community. Is he a Muslim? I don't know. I don't know if the man's got any religion other than himself. We know he's a narcissist. We know he's an egomaniac. We know he's a psychopathic liar. I mean, this guy lies to the American people when he knows that the American people are going to know he's lying, and when it might be more beneficial for him to tell the truth, he will still lie, simply because that's his makeup. He doesn't really know what else to do, except to lie to the American people. So we have countries around the world, allies of ours, that are in jeopardy, We have the United States in jeopardy, our population, Americans abroad, our military abroad, our people here at home. And let's not forget that ISIS has called for people to research on the Internet and put on on emails or put on on websites 
the names and addresses of American soldiers. The addresses here in this country. And ISIS is calling on them and their families to be murdered. Now, it hadn't happened yet that we know of. If it did happen, I'm not sure we would know about it. I'm afraid Obama would try to cover it up if he could. But they're calling for it to happen. So Americans are being put at risk. We know that ISIS has people in this country. We know that Al-Qaeda has people in this country. We know there are cells. We know there are people out there who have been converted to be terrorists. Converted to, they, you know, they didn't convert to being Baptists and become terrorists. They didn't convert to being Jewish and become terrorists. They didn't convert to being Catholics and become terrorists. They converted to being Muslims and became terrorists. That's the reality we have to live with. And I don't care if it makes me politically incorrect. I don't care if I offend people out there. People want to kill me, or if they support those who want to kill me and my family, or if they just keep their mouth shut and don't say anything negative about what the terrorists are doing, then I don't care if I offend you. It doesn't bother me in the slightest. What offends me is the lack of leadership we have in this country. And, ladies and gentlemen, we have to call people out on this. We have to call out not just the President of the United States, basically he didn't care, but we have to call out members of Congress and members of the news media and say, look, you and your policies are putting the American people in jeopardy. I'm afraid it's already too late. I'm afraid we're going to get hit. I'm afraid we may get hit very hard. And if we do, I have no idea how Obama's going to respond. He may just use it as a as means to set up his own uh, dictatorial powers, declare martial law. He may just cower in a corner and can do nothing. He may get up in front of the American people and try to blame somebody other than Islamic terrorism. The man can't be trusted to do anything that protects the American public protects our country and our Constitution. In fact, he actively wants to destroy the Constitution. But by the way, you know, in addition to what he's doing with the amnesty program, there's many other things he's doing in the Constitution. He's going after the Second Amendment rights of the American people in a broad-based attack. I wrote an article from my, on my blog at www.michaelconnelly.com. I wrote this article last month, you know, last month, and put it on there. I said, it says, it's titled, They're Coming for Our Guns. And I talk about how the President of the United States is trying to ignore the uh, powers, of the, the obligation in the Constitution for the Senate to ratify any treaty signed by the President. Any international treaty must be ratified by two-thirds of the Senate. Obama's saying the gun control treaty, that uh, the U.N. Small Arms Treaty that he had John Kerry sign, they're putting out the feeler that, no, we don't really need to have the, the Senate ratify it. That's why it had been sent to the Senate. Obama can start enforcing this 
anytime. And he can do it on his own. And uh, he doesn't have to wait for the Senate to ratify it, that they're turning this on its head. They're saying the Senate can only stop him from doing what he wants by a two-thirds majority vote. That's not what the Constitution says. And by the way, we got another treaty coming up that Obama's going to play the same game. He's not going to call it a treaty. He's going to call it an agreement. And that's with Iran. Eventually, if they do make some kind of agreement, it will probably be very beneficial to the Iranians and very dangerous for the United States. But Obama's saying that would be an agreement that he can make on his own. It does not have to be ratified by the Senate. So he's basically telling us, the American people, I don't care how you voted last November. I don't care about your elected representatives. I don't care about you. I am going to do what I want, when I want, and you can't stop me. In addition to the gun control treaty, though, and the treaty involving the Iranians, we also have a situation where we have the Department of Justice. Now, you know, you've heard in the last couple of weeks about the scanning of license plates, and local authorities are doing that using technology to scan the license plates, take pictures of you when you're in your cars, and put all this in a database so they can keep track of what you do and where you go. Well, now we find out the Department of Justice says, oh, we just thought about doing this. We never actually did it. Well, that's bull. That's like them, them telling us that those forms we fill out so we can legally purchase a, a firearm, uh, those forms are supposed to be destroyed within 48 hours and not no copies kept by the federal government. That's nonsense. I can guarantee that in the Obama administration, or maybe before that, they're keeping copies of that, those forms. They know if you bought a firearm in the last six years, and they know what kind it is. But the Department of Justice is now taking it a step further, and they are going out and scanning the license plates of people going <clears> to <throat> gun shows. So if you go to a gun show, you go to the federal database. If you go on a firearm, you're going into a federal federal database. If you are a military veteran, you go into a federal database as a potential domestic terrorist. If you believe in the Second Amendment, you go into the database as a potential domestic terrorist. You're on the Department of Homeland Security hit list. If you believe in the right to life, if you believe in a strong constitution, if you believe in a in individual liberty very strongly, then you are going into the federal database, and they're keeping track of us. They're doing it more and more, and they're doing it on a daily basis. And it's just going to get worse. So this man needs to be impeached. I've written articles of impeachment that are prior to the election were being considered by the House Judiciary Committee. Uh, we are checking into that to see what the status of that is. But you need to contact your members of Congress and say that they have to act. Contact your members of the Senate and say you want the Senate to be able to vote by a majority vote to pass legislation. You want them to consider the House legislation and majority vote would pass it. Tell them you want Obama impeached. Tell your House members you want Obama impeached. Put that on your, in your emails. Put that on your website. Impeachment is an option here. If nothing else, it will slow him down for the next two years. It will try to put a dent in some of the things he's planning to do. 
because we know that he's not planning anything good for the next two years. And if he continues to be emboldened by the nothing happening to stop him, like on amnesty or Obamacare or anything else, he's just going to continue making it worse. He's going to continue with executive orders. He's going to try to disarm the American people. So keep up with the United States Justice Foundation and what we're doing at usjf.net. We're doing some important work. We're upgrading our website, and you can find out what we're working on. And you can also find a link there to, to my blog, which I mentioned earlier. You go to the About Michael Connolly Executive Director section of the home page, and you will find the link to my blog. And you can go there and keep up with what I'm, I'm writing about on the blog. And when you're on the blog, you can also check out the books that I've written. Uh, my book, The Mortarman, about my dad's unit at World War II, continues to be a very hot seller, uh, particularly on places like Amazon, where it's an e-book, and Barnes & Noble. And my novel, Amigaili, A Story of America, my patriotic novel, also continues to be a big seller. So you can take a look at it. It's also an e-book. And then I've got my other two books, Riders in the Sky, The Ghosts and Legends of Philmont Scout Ranch, which is a big seller with scouts and young people, and then America's Liveliest Ghost, and my important little booklet on our Constitution. You can find out all about them. And thank you for having listening to me today, and I look forward to having you here next week when my guest will be Larry Pratt, Gun Owners of America. This is AmericasWebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you.